Okay, so we are back with another episode of Combustible Brains. This is our third or fourth episode in the row. So props to us for consistency this time. No shout out to any listeners because we don't care about any of you. So hello, Ram. <laughs> That's so not true, but yeah. <laughs> we care about hello, you a man. little bit. Only a little bit. But Only a little bit, yeah. Exactly. If you get hit by a truck, we wouldn't be very disappointed. But <laughs> we, we would be. Okay, so... <laughs> That's that's how we treat our <laughs> listeners on this podcast, <laughs> which is to say with the minimum amount of respect. Oh, shit. So, so <laughs> but that <laughs> said, that so tell random. your friends <laughs> and also uh, tell your friends about this podcast and more importantly, buy our merch, which does not exist yet. But we will bring out merch that you can buy so we can buy expensive stuff that you cannot afford. That is our goal. So <laughs> you're, you're really on the roll today, man. You're really on the roll. Yeah, that's true. I am 32 now, so I am wiser as of yesterday. And I'm also a little hungover, so this podcast is going to be a trip. <laughs> so let's, let's just sort of go with that. Yeah, this is going to be entertaining for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for the listener too. Yeah. So no shout out to anybody of you this time. But if you listen to one more episode, we'll give you a shout out next time around. Okay. Definitely. So, <laughs> cool. So <laughs> uh, Ryan and I were talking about Stuxnet a week ago and we thought this would be a good topic to talk about just in general so um, Stuxnet Ra, what do you think about Stuxnet? The name the name itself sounds kind of scary to me because you know it, it's like an X and it says Stuxnet and then you know when you go to uh, the Wikipedia page of it uh, it, it you know directly starts with, with like uh, malicious computer worm and nuclear program of Iran and you know all of these things together they are not comforting <laughs> they are not to read it in all. a sentence no way so for people that don't um, follow all these things and i did not know about stuxnet until even i did not know until uh, you mentioned it last week so yeah yeah, we yeah need so to fill pe- listeners up with what we are talking about yeah for sure so stuxnet was this uh, computer virus or worm that was created by a quote unquote uh, western governments in order to spy on <laughs> Iran's nuclear program, right? That was the goal. And it was really interesting how this was done. So, you know, like normally you have a computer virus, the computer virus gets infected, you know, you steal a bunch of files, you know, maybe you lose some data, maybe you lose some credit card information, you know, something like that happens. Uh, and then that's that's it, right? There's some financial damage, people get pissed and you move on. Stuxnet though was a whole different ball game. Stuxnet was able to actually get into an air-gapped nuclear facility and actually damage centrifuges that were used for refining uranium, which was a whole new step up in this game, right? I mean, that's crazy. That is crazy. One-fifth of Iran's nuclear centrifuge. I'm just reading the page. Dude, that is crazy. And again, this was air-gapped, right? It was like there was no way for, you know, as in, can't say no way, but it wasn't like easy access to the internet. There was like a rest end point which you could hit and, you know, try to like uh, brute force or, you know, take it down by, you know, having like a lot of attacks on it. It wasn't like that. It no. wasn't like that, that it was easy to do. No. And an air gap, so an air gap facility, maybe we should just say what that is, right? An air gap facility is one that is not connected to the internet. So there is a literal air gap between the uh, you know, a facility and then the internet. So there is no way stuff from the outside talks to it. So Stuxnet was able to cross this gap and actually get into the facility and actually damage the centrifuge, which I thought was fascinating. How the hell did they do that? 
uh i mean it's a very long story and i do not know all of it but the way they did it is i, I mean to be honest nobody really knows there are theories right speculations but speculations right. but looks like they had physical access at some point so there is um, there is a need to get you know your program from point a to b and the only way to do it in an air gap facility is to actually have it on a laptop that goes to the facility then infects the machine right so what these guys did is uh, they created this worm right this virus capable of destroying actual physical hardware and then they started infecting people or suppliers of this nuclear facility that used to you know transport materials and stuff to this nuclear plant or whatever the refining plant so they targeted i think three or four companies i don't remember their names and the hope was that they get on a laptop that is then carried over physically by some guy that has physical access to the facility is carried over there you know it's uh, connected to some sort of network and then it gets on these machines all right and i think that's the only way to do it especially since it's air gap right so it has to be a physical access from someone internal like someone who actually visits the facility yeah or i assume like there is some spy or somebody that can do it you know somebody has to do it so james bond james bond maybe james bond did it or maybe like <laughs> a really hot woman did it you know who knows we are yeah, we are all about equality be. here it's yeah maybe she seduced some dude you know oh, that'll like, be a crazy good she, story yeah that will be like a hollywood movie man I'll be one hell of a Hollywood movie. Let's let's go with that. NSA hired uh <laughs> who's a who's a actress that could go get, uh, infiltrate a uranium facility, I don't know. <sighs> This is a tough one, but they they did not yeah. do that. So anyway, so <laughs> let's create <laughs> you that know, story for. You when me. you mentioned that thing, uh, I was thinking of, you know, that uh, you know those uh, those pen drive attacks that people do, like these hackers oh, do, yeah. like they just uh, you know, put pen drives in like parking lots put yeah. as in they just throw pen drives in parking <laughs> lots and people literally pick those up and yeah, put them like in. put those yeah. in the machine <laughs> yeah. so i thought you know something like that like some 5 dollar pen drive yeah no <laughs> uh, down there the nuclear facility dude you're joking but that's exactly how stuxnet worked it was actually oh, is it no no i'm not kidding <laughs> they actually used <laughs> usb pen drives they didn't throw pen drives into the facility but the first okay. thing stuxnet did so stuxnet was you know somehow delivered to your computer this somehow was you know physical access or whatever but once it was there it started infecting your usb usb drives that were connected to the machine and the theory the most prominent theory is so the way stuxnet seems to have worked is right you plug in a usb drive into your laptop okay and then okay. uh, windows you know remember like windows opens this dialog box saying uh, you know what do you want to do with this pen drive whatever you know and then there is a little icon right. there right so there is a exploit that they used with not the auto run exploit i think it i think it was called the lnk exploit let's just google it okay uh and this lnk exploit i'm just googling it on the side as to exactly what it was Let's see. Works. Oh, there's a GitHub page where where the guy <laughs> wants me to click on it. It's like fuck you, dude. I'm not going to click. Don't, <laughs> don't tell me there's like a code for that in on GitHub. There is. The first <laughs> link that showed up is some multi channel <laughs> slash link exploit. I'm going to click it from. I'm a, I'm a, on a Mac and this is GitHub, so it should be fine. And he says it's yeah. a Python link and uh, there's a putty page and there's a payload.exe. <laughs> Imagine somebody dumb <laughs> enough to run a payload.exe <laughs> that you find on GitHub. <laughs> Dude, there is, I'm not going to do that. But apparently this is some shortcut um, 
it says malicious shortcut. So apparently it creates some shortcut and there is an exploit in Windows that Stuxnet used to, I think it was like the rendering of the shortcut or it creates the shortcut or something which escalates privileges on your machine. And that's when instead of, uh, you know, showing you the icon or the shortcut or whatever it was, Stuxnet then starts taking over. So that's how they actually infected you in the first place. Right. And I think uh, obviously since this is a, this is a, uh, worm and it's not the movies so it won't have a red flashing screen saying your your <laughs> you know your virus uh, has infected your machine <laughs> you right, know, right, the right. cliche right so this must have been in in a in a hidden uh, way must be operating for like really long time until someone figured it out right yeah yeah it was for a long time in fact there was a precursor to Stuxnet that you remember uh, talking about that, like, I God, I forget what it was called. It was called Flame or Dooku or something. I don't remember. Oh, exactly. those funny words, right? Right. Dooku, D-U-K-U D-U-K-U and yeah. Flame and some, some stuff like that. Exactly. Dooku. So, looks like the uh, Western governments, quote unquote, did some, you know, <laughs> right? They did some uh, spy for justice. analysis. Yeah, for justice. They spied on these machines for looks like three to five years before Stuxnet was even installed. And that was the most interesting part for me because looks like um, what they did was it was not just a crazy randomized infection. Okay, so what I read about it was first they started controlling some servers around the world. This you expect, right? Because, of course, they're not going to say, you know, you know, who is exactly doing it. So they took over Directly, some servers, right? right. And it's not like their IP address is going to be seen into, that, no. <laughs> into the hacks, right? No way. So they took over some servers in Germany, some in Switzerland. One was actually in India. I forget what it was called. And then one in Philippines and so on. So they called these command and control servers. And they sent um, emails to these uh, people that they wanted to infect. So there were over 1,000 targets that they wanted to infect. And the email was a very innocuous JPEG file. So I think it was like six, seven hundred KB or something like that. And most of the JPEG had been stripped of data because the actual payload was in the JPEG file, right? They did. The JPEG was just, a you know, uh, like a right. container right, kind of thing container. for that. Right. And I think there was one more mechanism. I think that was used by Flame. I think that was a Word document. And there was an email that they sent to these people. Like, imagine you have to be dumb enough. They said in the email, I think it was from, from some South Korean firm. And the email said, uh, um, hello, sir, <laughs> we have a list of requests <laughs> for your company. Please find them attached in the Word document. And I think then you open the Word document. And this was the most badass thing that I saw. They actually took over the font rendering mechanism in Windows to exploit a buffer overflow. So <laughs> imagine that. Damn. Yeah, imagine that. They created that. So f- pretty elaborate, man. Dude, it's crazy. So... They took over that system in Windows. So the moment the font rendering system was set off, instead of going to whatever font face, they actually redirected it to some whatever uh, payload was actually intended to open. And that escalated privileges on their machine and took over. So Right. So then ultimately, um, so so we need to tell like, you know, the listeners as well. And even I'm curious. So So what were like the actual damages like? Uh, apart from like say one fifth of you know uh, centrifuges uh, being ruined, which is of course a huge thing. Yeah. Was there anything else as well, and how did it cascade into like a global thing, and how was how was it found and all of that? Right, right. I think someone must have gotten really greedy at that point and d- tried to do a lot more than was expected of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, to address your point, uh, I don't know what listeners you're talking about. What listeners? 
what listeners what listeners so there's you, i think at the at the start i think you already like you know pissed everyone off and everyone left already Hopefully. so it's just you know you and me at this point <laughs> it's just you and me which is good 17% female representation on our podcast though pretty good but we're working on working on it our <laughs> hr department is working on it everything is good okay <laughs> so <laughs> everything is good but um, more on point um, the mm. primary damage mechanism was the centrifuge so they wanted to take over the centrifuges so they actually stop uh, iran from manufacturing uranium so maybe le- let's back up there a little bit right so there is a growing animosity right over the last few years between israel and iran right and iran right and we are not taking sides here to be clear but there is a there is an animosity right and the americans and iran they're all that's also you know a strained relationship let's say So right Iran has been trying to build uh, uranium like uh, enrichment plants for the last few years for quote unquote peaceful purposes right but everybody knows that you know no good thing stops at like peaceful purposes right there's always somebody who says okay let's weaponize this or something like that so right. nobody and knows and it's not just Iran it's yeah. not just Iran like it would be everybody. the same for US India everyone everybody. like everybody everybody the more power you have you can maybe you know start off with good good intentions yeah. but having such power it corrupts it corrupts quickly. eventually it will corrupt you so everybody you know tries to build you know nuclear bombs when they have you know u- uranium enrichment facilities so israel's biggest issue was that if iran gets a hold of uh, you know enriched uranium or they're able to enrich uranium on their own then they could in theory build a nuclear bomb which is going to be a huge issue for the middle east and their area because then they are threatened by you know iran and then everybody surrounding iran has to build up more capability to counter this threat and so on and so forth right, right. so the conflict goes to the next level right and exactly. then it's significantly scarier when it everyone is a nuclear power in yeah. the in the region i mean just look at the india pakistan tension right exactly that's right. exactly what i was going to refer to right now i mean that is exactly the same right yeah. and uh, there's of course that looming threat always and i think that is what's called lo- nuclear deterrent anyway but yeah. i mean you know pakistan government having nuclear power is scary to me <laughs> yeah exactly because yeah i mean for reasons i mean we have a clear bias here to be clear we are very very indian right so our perspective oh very much right so and no and again this is not against the people right we right. never usually speak up against any people even when we were doing the china episode it right. wasn't about the chinese people ever and yeah. same is with pakistan it's like the pakistan people are like the normal people like us will be doing the normal shit yeah, you know nobody they don't cares right nobody exactly, cares exactly exactly everyone has their own life but it's the government we are talking yeah, about governments here. are fucked so they they are just fucked that's just how it is so yep Uh, you know there is always a threat to people like you and me from a corrupt government so that scares me right like if you have a nuclear threat like around you know in your neighborhood that's not good for you <laughs> that's not good not at all so uh, anyway so the they have the same issue there so what israel and united states uh, wanted to do this is public is that they wanted to neutralize the iranian nuclear threat right so there's been many ways to do this the sanctions obviously right so you can say you know you right. cannot use uranium or you can say that you shall not buy these you know special refining centrifuges or you can say you can't get access to this technology and so on but these are just rules you know and the moment and again even there uh, the opposition of the two superpowers so if like for example back then us was doing uh, was against it right so someone who is against us maybe china or russia 
they will want to back iran right and they'll be like okay who gives a shit if for example us says no to you i will provide you the you know the the gear you need yeah and this is exactly what happens because there was a rogue uh, pakistani scientist uh, aq khan i believe his name was and i think he helped most of um, the rogue governments get their hands on nuclear power i think the same thing happened to iran so um and not to say right. that iran's government is rogue but that's how they they got it through rogue means looks like this is a theory right, right? no it's unprovable but the that's what it looks like so then ultimately is iran a nuclear uh, state now like the, do they have capabilities or they don't have quite? nuclear bombs yet so they have they are in the process of building um some nuclear enrichment facility again and the reason this is relevant today is because they got hit by a similar stuxnet type attack in april where um, after like imagine they installed all the security measures in place uh from the time stuxnet was deployed right which is what 2010 so 10 years after 12 years after the israelis uh, are highly you know believed to have done this attack in april and uh, they shut down their entire um, they shut down the power to the entire facility so it caused a blackout which again destroyed or limited their uh, facilities and caused damage and all these things so they got so when you say april you're saying 2021 21 yeah so this year oh. Yeah. This is oh I qu- I thought it was long so even this incidents right the Stuxnet incidents when you first told me like a week ago yeah. I thought that was like in 70s you know 70s no, or no, 80s no, no, no. but dude that was 2010 right Yeah that was 2010 That is recent that comparatively is recent. and what you're talking about in April that is 2021 so 21. this is relevant topic I mean Oh yeah so that is still ongoing and they hit the same facility at Natan so like the same facility that was hit with Stuxnet was hit by another Stuxnet type attack. This time it's unproven yet because we don't know. Like we are in that phase where we nobody has decoded what was hit this time around. Maybe people are working on it as we speak, but it takes months for like uh, antivirus companies to actually figure out, you know, what the worm was and all these things. So maybe in like a year or two we'll figure out what happened in April twenty one. So it's going <laughs> right. to take some time, but it looks like a Stuxnet type attack. So my point was, you know, like instead of dropping a bomb on a nuclear facility, which also they've done. before uh um, oh, is it yeah yeah they have done that so dude these guys are brutal man yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the israel's military is very aggressive so they dropped a bomb i don't think it was in iran it was somewhere else uh i forget where it was but yeah they took out a radar station and then went in and dropped a bomb somewhere and destroyed completely destroyed the nuclear facility so instead of doing that i think the bush administration didn't want them to do that so what they did instead was focus on a cyber attack which is even better because now you don't have to go there right it's much safer because your pilots are safe you know and it is completely exactly. deniable you can you know nobody can yep. even today as we speak about it nobody has proof about this right so that makes you know physical covert operations back in the day the cyber attacks makes those seem like not covert at all you know because yeah. you had to at least physically go there whereas now this is like covert plus plus exactly and nobody even knows what happened there is it's not like bush is signing that you know saying like oh hello you know like nobody signing exactly these, there is no flags yeah, that, nothing that that reminds me of that uh, james bond you know dan uh, daniel's uh, f- one of the first few movies he's talking to q and q is like you know we don't need agents like you anymore to go in the field you know everything exactly. happens through the internet only so yeah <laughs> it, it's kind of like that and that's true yeah 
that's exactly what they did here so they got into um, so you know to to destroy this facility what they needed to do was to destroy the centrifuge because the centrifuge is really what allows you to enrich uranium so without the centrifuge you cannot enrich uranium and if you can't enrich uranium then you can't build a bomb that's basically how it works so right. they figured out that you know there is a siemens plc which is uh, a control system device that controls these centrifuges right and it runs at you know some certain frequency like a thousand hertz or something like that so stuxnet goes in and slowly changes the frequency just about the point like the op- operating point for like 15 minutes and Ooh, then and damn. then shuts off okay and it's very sensitive so i mean you should understand this centrifuge is extremely sensitive to frequency change so even the smallest frequency change is going to start damaging you know uh, what is actually happening inside there so they did that uh, right but uh, then if yeah. it was um, you know so f- firstly it is so intelligent to do it so minor you know so yeah. that it doesn't get huge alarms but then eventually weren't they repairing it again and again like yeah, you so know if there's little damages yeah so that's what that's what started happening so they started changing the frequency just enough and just randomized it was not like they hit all centrifuges at the same time it was like they hit one or two and then stuxnet shut off for 12 13 days so it used to damage it <laughs> so they first they started you know this firing next level yeah the first they started firing people they thought you know people are operating <laughs> these things incorrectly they started looking at you know maybe it's just the you know whatever source gave them the centrifuges maybe it's just bad you know maybe the motor is bad so they spent months trying to figure right. out what was going on with their centrifuges because every randomly a centrifuge stops working or destroys itself you know and then the others just continue to spin as if nothing happened so dude that must have so as an engineer when something uh, screws up right anything it could be anything we always try to you know uh, separate out the probable causes and then go on like okay this is not it this is not it this is not it until we find the the actual cause right yeah. just imagine how frustrating it must have been for those those engineers working there because they are like dude we are trying everything all the permutations all the combinations it's not this it's not this you know they're like using the checklist are we using subpar materials are we doing this are we doing that and it's like no one knows Nobody about it knows. it's and crazy right and it must be such a complicated project you know like just our bullshit software projects we don't know what's going on imagine exactly. a <laughs> nuclear facility <laughs> with you know i'm assuming it's crazy complicated and everything so who knows you know and the worst it thing sure is bro be. like the stuxnet worm used to report back to the control systems valid data so stuxnet once infected used to record for a while i think like 10 15 days they recorded valid data and as it was infecting so as it went to action to the command and control center for the nuclear facility it replayed data that was valid so engineers didn't know as they were recording you know that the frequency has holy changed holy shit yeah <laughs> oh damn oh yeah. that is even Oh, that's like going in and you know the CCTVs. You're like changing the feed to the CCTVs. It's exactly. like that, man. Exactly. That's what they did. So there was no trace of what is happening. And all of this was inside the air gap. So it's not like there was some human sitting outside the the control area and you know uh, putting commands intelligently. No, nope. this was the worm that was written so well. Yeah, the worm was written so well that it could do this all by itself. And it did not stay there. It's you know when. it used to wipe itself off after a few days and then infect another machine just to keep moving so <laughs> there mm, was dude that is epic man yeah it was amazingly well done and that's why they started destroying centrifuges finally they realized that there's something is fishy about 
you know what is going on something's happening and then they finally i think found out but they have never acknowledged it so that was independently found by somebody else that they're actually you know this infection is going on oh damn okay but then so then officially iran has never um, said that oh yeah we were hit is it like that well they have said but they always start, try to downplay it you remember when that pakistani uh, air force caught an indian pilot you know how the indian said you know like uh, oh no damage was done it was not our plane blah blah you know we always start, try to downplay when things happen to you right same thing happened uh, in iran's case they say you know that okay we got hit by an attack but there was very minimal minimal damage our efforts are still on track we are still good you know they they pretend so right right and it will be humiliating to you know uh, accept that right exactly so they they don't do that so uh, it was amazing to me how you know how sophisticated this thing was and this was not immediately you know apparent to them so which is the most frustrating thing like you said from an engineer standpoint just imagine like things are just stop working right <laughs> you don't know right. what's going on all of your checklists are you know all of them seems fine everything seems fine and it's still screwing up yeah that was that was fucked up so anyway i mean i found this feel endlessly sorry fascinating for yeah feel sorry for the people who lost their jobs man they were just doing their work yeah <laughs> yeah there is nothing nothing you know anybody can do about it there's also a data collection module i mean this was so sophisticated the data collection module you know took over some windows update mechanism to you know spread and collect data and all these things so they were actually scouting uh you know computers for stuxnet before they actually deployed stuxnet and this had you know remote update capability and everything it was written like a proper piece of software so damn <laughs> yeah no. yeah you were saying it was signed and stuff right oh yeah uh, it was a part of an official windows update yeah and yeah so <laughs> so yeah th- <laughs> it was amazingly well done i mean and i don't know if you know this but it was uh, an md5 hash collision that they exploited so they actually oh. yeah which is even more sophisticated right so yeah. they actually figured yeah, out what hash collision to create to create a valid certificate so what time and what serial number to get from the microsoft licensing authority they they tried i mean they used obviously infinite amount of compute power to you know do this so <laughs> right yeah and and like they say with you know these cyber attacks right the person who is attacking has all the time in the world to you know get ready get uh, you know bulk basically bulked up to fight and the person getting attacked has no freaking clue until they get attacked yeah, and in this case they did not even know while they were getting attacked so yeah no true and i didn't think about that that's true man it's uh, it's crazy dude this story is significantly more interesting than you know what we quickly spoke of last week because this is this, this is so dope man yeah no i mean of course it's bad okay let's not like pretend it's not bad it's bad and we are not like taking sides of you know either I- iran or us or any country but dude this like whatever they did was awesome yeah no that was very sophisticated that's why i found it fascinating and for somebody that really wants to read this i think uh, read on this or watch a uh, stuff on this um i read a book maybe i'll link it in the podcast notes i'm very bad with names i think it is called road to zero day by kim somebody i forget names i'll put it in the podcast like notes and then there is another hbo series i believe which is called uh, zero day i think it's on youtube or hbo i forget we'll put we'll put all this stuff in show notes it was awesome so anybody right. who really wants to you know f- explore this topic should get into it and 
you know look around see for yourself quite fascinating stuff yeah i was going to ask you how is there not a movie on this yet but no, then i read in uh, wikipedia it says black hat like michael mann's 2015 movie black hat oh i haven't watched I that but uh, yeah. is actual stuxnet okay okay no there's just references they're talking about okay yeah I'm dude just this Googling is on this, the side. this will make an epic movie oh, if yeah. if it hasn't been done yet i'm not sure but no, no, it's if it hasn't been yeah it's on amazon prime it's called zero days i just googled it it's directed by alex gibney i watched this one it's a really good movie it's a documentary so you should watch it people you know who are interested in this go for it dude this must be awesome yeah nice did you see that china hit uh, a power plant in india with a similar attack i think last year where they shut off uh, the power grid is it no yeah. i had no idea what what any names any any anyone who admitted <laughs> uh no there is no admission that uh, you know we were hit and so on but this is there is proof so the chinese uh you know hackers they hit the some power grid in mumbai and shut it off at will so imagine they are hitting shit. critical infrastructure and they just shut it off at will so if there is ever a war you know therefore is going to turn off power <laughs> true man and when you know it's always like that right when you actually start damaging civilians the civilian cities civilian life that's when the country comes to knees uh, faster you know rather than you know trying to brute force through the military because the military is always going to be badass right yeah. they they know how to defend you know they are like warriors but when you bring the war into cities yeah. that's when shit gets real but i think this critical infrastructure is the worst man like i really do not like this idea that you know f- f- you know some warring government is turning off critical infrastructure in your country the power grids especially True, i think are very vulnerable and you know it's uh, and you know it it might seem like okay you might not get your netflix for 1 hour but not everyone is watching netflix right it's like uh, hospitals and critical infrastructure and you know all of those things are also affected by you know such things exactly. and complete disarray it's not just like the traffic signals turn off you know it's not just that but no and everything causes chaos when such things happen yeah i mean this comes back to you know how much how much do you trust the government so <laughs> it's uh, well when it comes right. to china when it comes to chinese government of course not Nobody and unfortunately um so okay this could be a completely wrong statement but i'm not sure how epic india is with cyber security because i've not heard the best of the you know uh news or you know like articles when it comes to india and cyber security like i don't know how epic india is while defending from attacks you know from from right. these these rogue governments right, i could right. be wrong no the thing with indian uh, intelligence is generally they are extremely low key they are never in the media so it's very hard to predict for you and me what they are actually doing i personally have read zero things about them so either exactly you know either they have taken care of things in the background i'm sure there's something but they must have yeah. i mean all the it know how we have i'm hoping that at least our people you know have enough uh, grunt to defend and the fact that we are still alive means either they haven't attacked or we are so bad as that it's silently just uh, just blocking all the chinese because yeah. let's be honest i mean china has been trying to do all this shit to us to india you know yeah. all the countries who who they find as threats yeah. right 
and to be fair it's also the other way right the united states will attack on china with uh, cyber weapons india probably does the same thing it's always a back and forth right so because you have to off it's like jiu jitsu you know you cannot just defend all the time some days you have to go in the offense <laughs> and you know finish the threat but you have to go on offense to defend yourself yeah. in in a way you know you have to so it's uh, you know it's a very uh precarious situation but you know so they did hit indian infrastructure right especially a power plant a power grid come on i mean if they're able to do stuff like that we are not able to defend against them maybe more protections you know protections are in place now but at least back then they turned off the power and it was not that long ago it was like a, like a year ago so right and you know that's that's also you know one of the <coughs> the things i'm i'm unhappy about when you know more and more and more things um, are turning into <coughs> connected tech and you know all of that stuff so i always think that um especially when reading these news articles and all of that you know when more and more critical things start being connected to the internet you know medical stuff you know all of that you are just adding more attack surface right to just get screwed and some places i believe it's not even needed for those things to be turned into so smart you know smart this smart that like yeah like your tv does not need a camera right <laughs> exactly and and again if it's just tv and shit it's okay like yeah maybe you can't watch okay maybe uh, someone is spying on you again that is bad and that's a totally different topic we both are you know we care about privacy and all but here you know even infrastructure maybe like hospitals maybe like uh, you know oxygen okay maybe that's like internet connected now okay who knows as in and if it is then you're just screwing right you're screwing with the the patients by by just having some conveniences you're actually allowing those to be breached yeah that would be bad that's direct life yeah that's bad do you think these uh, i patient like critical stuff is connected to the internet i hope not <laughs> but no idea man look i i look at it like this okay like even it companies like the tech people like you know our people they uh, aren't always the best in defending right they get attacked they are like they are into the know how and yet they you know they sometimes act like noobs right yeah. whereas this we are talking about um medical staff right they they don't know about all of this they are not supposed to know about all of this like they are good at their job which right. is medical staff right and if it companies and you know tech people get hacked then what's the chance that you know these people have done it well and they won't get hacked you know yeah, it's no. always that that scary feeling yeah no that's uh, that is very scary indeed especially see the power grid in my opinion is the worst one because if you hit a power grid you hit hospitals you hit schools you know you hit everything you hit your uh, first responders you know if the power is off you can't do anything these days so what if you turn off ventilators you know you're screwed so yeah it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting how these um, how these people you know how these companies protect themselves in the next uh, i don't know 5 10 15 years exactly man and and especially all these critical ones i mean it's okay yeah. if the netflix goes away for a while yeah no and i mean see the thing is there is at some point if a state actor is against you you can't really do anything i think that's one thing that stuxnet or you know or duku or whatever these things they prove is that if the nsa and the cia and some israel you know cybersecurity arm or whoever china if somebody has decided that they are going to target you you are fucked so 
that is uh, exactly you especially if it's like at a personal level then you can like just forget it i mean if you are at a target list at a personal level then you are even screwed like if it's at a government level okay you might have resources to right. you know help defend that but if you're alone you're screwed right you're fucked you're fucked that there's because the zero days that they exploit these zero days even the companies that make this software right this link exploit or this auto run exploit or this font exploit this windows exploit this windows update exploit even microsoft didn't know about them you know or the the <laughs> certificates that they stole from i think it was j micron and some real tech or media tech or one of these companies they are actually signing right. things as if they are valid and they're stealing certificates you know from legit manufacturers legit companies so there is no way you can stop something like that as in literally there is no way because no patch exists when the exploit hits so you cannot protect against you know these exploits not possible exactly that, that's why they call it zero day right yeah. that's those are the always the worst and it's always the fact that zero days are you know first sold and you know in the communities who know this they know it first maybe right. it's sold to the bidders that this that and later it comes to the media later we all come to know okay oh this was an exploit or oh, okay it was there for the past 5 years or something like right. that and that is always the case right i mean the idea behind zero days is let's say like you find an exploit right and then instead of telling everybody else about it you tell me let's say i made the software about the zero day let's say i pay you some money for it i pay you you know whatever good money for it i patch the exploit right i send out the patch everybody gets updated and then we tell people you know that there was a zero day exploit that's why it's a zero day right it was patched immediately like you get the news of it being patched after it was patched so nobody can exploit it that's the idea but right but even there i would say um again if the person who found it is a good uh, good player you know the 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 white hat type of person yes yeah. they will you know s- tell the correct company but right. if it's a black hat they will obviously sell it at a b- at the black market exactly and even versus even if they sell it to the the main company and that is patched do people actually update their devices and you know that's one of the things we were talking about right yeah no that is um, i mean zero day or not there are actual exploits that are found by companies themselves right so exploits security patches security vulnerabilities it's so important to update your devices uh, cannot i cannot uh, like overstate this you have to update devices exactly. the moment you updates are available for them and i think lately since the past maybe you know 2 3 4 years Android has been giving great security updates every quarter you know like most people at least like Samsung or Google they have been giving i think at least quarterly security updates right and i'm assuming iOS also does a great job at that yeah. so always always up keep your devices on your network updated yeah at least the popular phones right so you know any mainstream phone from Samsung gets security updates regularly iPhones obviously they have been doing that for the last few years uh but all these sketchy manufacturers especially like in india there are so many sketchy phones that are sold right like the chinese phones or you know off brand phones like nobody's going dude, to buy these phones dude a lot of them and even um i uh again this could be a wrong statement but even the so many thousands and thousands and thousands of chinese phones say for example companies make those if they due to the sheer amount of volume of the phones they make even these companies aren't able to address each and every phone with all the updates right so say maybe you got a new Xiaomi phone 
okay so the new phone of course will gre get great updates right and all their old phones also get miui updates for years and years but are they having security updates which are updated every quarter or you know something like that definitely i not. don't know exactly no, no. because of the amount. sheer amount yeah the sheer amount is one thing but also like come on like if you buy a chinese phone you are you are already being spied on that is ob this is obvious <laughs> so actively spied on exactly actively spied on because this is how and this is not for some greater cause or that you are in incredibly important no they just want your data that's how they make money you know <laughs> so yeah i always love to give that example of xiaomi you know few years ago they announced that the profits on hardware will be 5% or 0% or something like that and everyone cheered in the crowd yeah i always you know think of that example it's like no don't cheer on it man it, it that means they're going to take your data yeah. of course they're going to take your data or uh, or this is going to go to next level when we plug you into the metaverse then we're going to take your entire brain with <laughs> us if you haven't heard that episode do check that out shout out to our episode <laughs> shameless plug <laughs> it's truly a shameless plug but go back and listen to the metaverse episode and all the other episodes and buy our merch so which does not exist yet <laughs> so <laughs> yeah man dude what do you think we should make some merch some combustible brains merch yeah man some savage brain art you know with a combustible brain logo yeah. below it yeah you're an artist that'll be right? dope <laughs> yeah well kind of makeshift artist <laughs> yeah i think our i rise to the occasion when i need to <laughs> that's fine our <laughs> listeners are also makeshift listeners so we can give them some makeshift <laughs> you know makeshift merch <laughs> and we can we'll price it really high like 100 200 dollars <laughs> so you and me will get rich i'm hoping <laughs> because, because no one will buy it <laughs> <laughs> we are hoping there is one sucker somewhere who's uh, not even us or maybe or maybe we need to make some combustible brain nfts maybe that could fund this entire uh, project you know so true so that man if somebody true wants that. to buy a picture of a brain for 7 million dollars send us an email <laughs> we are game we will send you a brain for 7 million so <laughs> <laughs> send your brain yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay dude i think with this i think cool, we can man. call it a wrap i think yep. uh, until next time yes. until next weekend super interesting topic though man super yep. interesting and uh, also we were only kidding we actually don't like you at all so the <laughs> little appreciation that we had for you in the previous episodes all fake <laughs> unfortunately what is wrong with you <laughs> dude i'm just taking a shit on our listeners today for for fun <laughs> you're just like literally you know on fire with that you're like you know no, screw you okay you're screw. listening screw you <laughs> well they aren't buying our shit and they aren't listening to our podcast so at this yeah, point they're not sharing our podcast they're not okay, sharing no, they, there are people who are sharing but yeah, yeah most aren't sharing Come most on, aren't guys. sharing like i see stats i see them you know most of our listeners suck so why should we give them any credit you know if you want to improve this please share the link to our podcast <laughs> if if you guys don't want pb to shit on you more Yeah exactly. Do it. Do it. Do it. Share. Yeah and then we can be <laughs> friends again. But until then it's uh, it's going to be tough. So so conditional, so conditional. Yeah. yeah, like all modern relationships these are based on uh you know strictly materialistic <laughs> goals. So, so <laughs> I think it's I think we should call it before this goes out of hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to laugh for the next like 5 minutes. I know I know. <laughs> So let's call it let's call it a day for yep. this one. Okay. Bye man. Bye. Yep. <laughs>